So, as I said this morning, um, Joel is home, hopefully getting rest. So, um, we're going to take actually take a break from the book of Judges. I know that Pastor Joel has been um, in Judges for a while, but um, we're going to take a pause there. And a message that the God put upon my heart for today, we're going to look at the New Testament. Uh, a couple of scriptures that Jesus was talking about and I think it's really relevant for today that we look at these scriptures. And, you know, when we come into God's house, we can have a smile on our face, right? We can, people can ask us, how are you doing? We can say, hey, we're doing fine, but deep inside, okay, we may not be fine. There might be things happening in our life, in our families, um, difficulties, things that we have been experiencing where we're truly not fine. And that's kind of the message God put upon my heart today is we're going to talk about God's peace because we look at the world today, um, we look at the financial situation we're in, look at the inflation, um, look at the gas prices, okay? Look, look at when you go into a grocery shop, look how much um, your dollar from your paycheck is getting less and less and less to meet your needs. So uh, financial difficulties, um, those that are married, or have families, you know, you may be um, having some, some problems, some difficulties in your marriage or, or your families with your children, or, you know, if you've been enduring sickness for a while, whatever it is, you know, um, if you've been wounded by others, you know, I believe God wants to do something today in, in us. Um, you know, when, when we come before the Lord, we should always have a heart of anticipation to receive what he wants to do in us. So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into the message. All right. So Lord, we, we thank you for your word. Your word is more than just a book. It is life. It is transformational. God, and we pray for the message that you want to deliver today. God, I pray for the hearts and the minds to receive your message, not mine, your message, what you want to speak today, God. And may we not walk away today the same. Holy Spirit, come. You are the teacher. Now come and teach us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I talked about God's peace. In the Word of God, it talks about peace two different ways. And I want to talk about that because you need to understand the two different ways that God uses peace. Because you can't have one without the other. So first, we're going to talk about the peace with God, not the peace of God. I'm going to talk about that later. But first, we're going to talk about the peace with God, because that is where everything begins. We truly cannot have the peace of God inside of us until we have peace with God. So what is this peace, of, peace with God that I am talking about? Well, it is when God in his grace removed the barrier between him and us, which is sin. And when that barrier was lifted, we are no longer alienated or separated. But before we can do that, the barrier has to be lifted. We have to be reconciled to God. So we need to have peace with God before we can have the peace of God. And this is truly where all peace actually begins because we cannot have the peace within us until we have first peace with our God. And it is Jesus who I'm going to talk about this morning is that he's the one who's responsible for, for that peace. For in Ephesians 
2, verse 14. I have some scriptures if you guys have it up. Good. Ephesians 2, 14 says, For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And we know the words of Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. No one can have peace with God until we surrender our life to Jesus. Then we can have peace with God. It is by placing our faith in Christ that we're able to actually have that peace with God is what Romans 5.1 tells us. It says, therefore, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have a peace treaty with God. Okay? Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have a peace treaty with God. Since he, refers to Jesus, made peace through his blood, he is our peace with God. There it is, the simple answer. For us to have peace with God, it is through his son and his son alone, alone in Jesus Christ. Okay? So the word says justified by faith. What is this word justified? Sometimes when we look at words in the scriptures, what does this mean? Okay, it refers to justification. What is justification? It actually means our, our standing before God has now changed. Where God once viewed us separated because of our sins, now that we have peace with God, now God views us different. Okay? We have been justified by God. We have been, you'd say like in a court of law, you've been found not guilty, acquitted because of the work that Christ did for you. Now we have been justified in the eyes of God, okay? So that's leading us up to what I want to speak today, which is the peace of God. But I felt it was important that I explain the first part. We need to have peace with God first before we can actually receive the peace of God. And that's going to be the main point of the message this morning. And it is a peace that God has, but which Jesus gives. And it's an inner peace, that's unhindered by the things of the world. I mean, look at the world today. Look what we're facing today. Um, you know, Susan and I, we have two grown children and five grandchildren. And I think of the things that my grandchildren um, have facing now and have yet to face. Nothing like what Sue and I experienced or faced in our, our lives growing up. The world is changing. It's becoming tougher and tougher and tougher to endure in your faith as a believer in Jesus Christ. But God has a gift for us, no matter what the situation, okay, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we see the world experiencing today, no matter what the church is experiencing today, we can have a gift that God gives. It is peace that will sustain us no matter what we face we don't know how much time we have left on this earth before the Lord's return. We really don't know how bad it's going to get. But here's the thing, 
is that God will sustain you with his peace no matter the difficulties, no matter the situations, no matter how bad this world gets. You'll be able to be able to overcome by the peace of God that he wants for you to rule in, in your life. So the two scriptures we're going to look at this morning, if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at John 14, 26 and 27. These are the words of Jesus. And then we're going to look at John 16, 33. Because there's a clear message that Jesus is speaking to his followers that I believe that we need to hear today and understand today when he's talking about his peace. So let's go to John 14 first. And starting in verse 26. Okay. Jesus says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Neither let your heart be troubled or let it be afraid. Skip over to John 16, 33. Once again, the words of Jesus. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So we Jesus signifying two things in this scripture that for us as you and I as the church as the body of Christ as his sons and daughters that we need to understand first the word peace in, in both of these scriptures if you look it up in the Greek it means irene and irene just simply means just inner peace or fulfillment or contentment uh, it means that we can be at quietness and rest so and that is what really God wants us to understand, is to be content. And I know it's hard, but the world we're facing today in our homes, in our, in our businesses, uh, in, our, in our employment, what we're facing today, it can be very hard. But what God is wanting us to understand is the irene. Okay, I want you to be at rest within you. Let my peace sustain you today. Now, in these two verses, Jesus knew, okay, we're looking at here, this is later part, before his time has come. And he knows that um, uh, what his followers are going to experience, and he wants to encourage them. He's letting them to know that he's going to leave them with two gifts. And the gifts that he left them has continued, and those gifts that Jesus left them is now for you and I. And those two gifts that Jesus talked about in John 14 is the Holy Spirit. It's the first gift, but the Holy Spirit, okay, when he comes, he will help you. See, because we cannot truly have peace without the Holy Spirit. And that's allowing, turning our lives over, allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and only fill us, but to actually lead us as we walk with God to relinquish control. And it's hard sometimes as humans to relinquish control. But that's what truly what God is desiring for us is relinquish control. Allow the Holy Spirit that's in you, residing in you, to take control. 
and to lead you each and every new day as you have time with him to, to fill you with that peace. Okay? So those are the, that's the first one is the Holy Spirit. And then the second thing that we read in John 14, 26 is his peace. This is peace I leave with you, verse 27. My peace I give to you. So we see here, it's a gift. Okay, we're getting close to Christmas season, out shopping, buying gifts and everything. But as we know, the, the greatest gift that God has given us is his son, Jesus Christ, the greatest gift. But in that, we can also receive gifts once we receive Christ, Jesus also wants to give you another gift, and that is his peace, to let it reside in you, to no matter what the situation, um, to be able to overcome. Now, why does Jesus, when you look at scripture, look at the context, why is Jesus mentioning two types of peace? He just could have said, my peace I leave with you. But why did he say, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you? See, there's two types of peace. There's the peace of Jesus and the peace of the world. Why do you think Jesus would emphasize two types of peace? Okay, I'm going to talk about that because there is a reason why Jesus wanted his followers to know of the two types of peace. Because his followers are going to go on after his death and resurrection. Okay, they're going to carry on the work of the Lord. And they're going to experience things like they've never seen. Most of them, all but one, uh, lost their life, were martyred because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And they were going to face tribulation. They were going to face difficulties, not like many had ever seen. So Jesus is wanting to them to know that I have something for you that's going to sustain you. Okay, it is my peace. You're not going to get peace from, okay, the temples, from the, from the Roman, gov Roman government, the only peace that you're going to have is in me. My peace is going to sustain you as you carry on my work. But what is the difference between the two? Because there is a big difference. And I wrote uh, just a few things down. Because we need to compare them. We, we look at the world. Peace today, it usually comes with the price, okay? The peace that Jesus gives us is free. It doesn't cost you anything except to receive it, believe it, accept it, what God wants to give you. Okay, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything except surrendering your life to him. But we know that the peace of the world usually comes with the price, okay? There usually has to be bargaining back and forth between a peace agreement can actually be established. Okay, there's going to be, uh, like I said, there's going to be give and take on both sides where Jesus says no. Here it is. I want you to receive it. It is perfect. It's going to sustain you. Also, the peace of the world can fail you. Okay? It'll fail. It may start off good, okay, having this peace, but eventually it will fail you. You know, you and I, we can fail each other. Okay? We can. We're, we're human. Okay? But there's one that cannot and will not ever fail you, and that's Jesus Christ. His peace will not and cannot fail you. So, so peace can fail, but Jesus' peace will never fail you. I want you to receive that. It's perfect peace given to us to carry us on 
day by day, whatever we're experiencing. And here's the thing, peace in the world does not always satisfy, okay? Even though we may have peace or we have made peace with our family or uh, if there's peace treaties between governments, doesn't mean that you're happy on both sides. There still may be lingering feelings or things, okay? But the peace of Jesus does satisfy. Okay, no matter what we go, his peace will satisfy you, where the peace of the world cannot satisfy you. And the last one, the peace of the world does not always last. Okay? It will come to an end. But the peace that Jesus has for you is eternal. Not just now, it's going to continue on through all the days of your life. And when we move on, his peace never stops. There is a starting point when we have that peace with God, when we surrender our life and accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then we allow the peace of God to come in and sustain us. But that's going to carry on. That does not last. Jesus doesn't just not give you the gift and then take it back. His peace is for you to not only take now, but to have all the days of your life. And he says, my peace I give to you. Why do you think Jesus is referring to this, my peace I give to you? Well, if we know the story of Jesus, when we look through the New Testament, okay, Jesus was not a wealthy man. Did not have a lot of material things that, to leave his disciples, his followers behind. But he had something that he wanted to give and leave to each one. And he's wanting to leave with us today. And that is his peace. His peace to come into our life and to rule in us no matter what we are experiencing. And by calling it his peace, in verse 27, peace I live, leave with you, my peace I give to you. He is signifying two things. First, it was his own peace that Jesus had to give. And it was the same kind of peace that he himself enjoyed. Even as he endured hardships, trying to fulfill the will of the Father, Jesus had peace. I mean, when we look at the scriptures, when we see that all that Jesus faced, the 40 days in the wilderness where he was tempted, challenged by Satan, okay? He was often challenged by who? He was mocked in the Sadducees, the religious rulers of those days even called him a heretic. But yet Jesus had inner peace in his life. And, and we see in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 66, it, it describes that people that were following Jesus, people that were close to him, had decided to no longer follow him. Those that believed in him and were following him when things got hard, decided to walk away. All these things that he experienced and his own people that he came to save, as we know, rejected him. One day as, as he entered in through, through the gates, riding on the colt, the people are shouting what? Hosanna, Hosanna. But then later on we read in scripture, people are calling for his death to crucify him. But all that Jesus encountered and experienced, he had peace knowing that he had a plan to fulfill the will of God in his life. And that is what Jesus wants us to know. 
Every one of us here has a plan that God wants to fulfill in your life. But it, it must be having peace in our life to sustain us. Because everybody here, I believe, is called by God. But wait a minute. You're supposed to say, I'm not a pastor or a missionary. That's true. But all of us are called in the kingdom of God to serve a purpose. It does not matter what or how, but it matters that you have a heart to serve within us. So, but why is this peace important to us? When we think about this, why is his peace important to us? Yeah, I already talked about all the difficulties in life. His peace will actually calm us. Remember, the irene, the Greek word I gave, contentment, inner fulfillment, rest, that irene in us. It's important to us that no matter what the situation, you know, um, as I said in the beginning, you know, you can come into the house of the Lord. We gather today as the body of Christ to fellowship with each other, to worship with each other, receive the message today. And maybe your spouse knows or may not know. See, we can hide things from each other, but there's one person we cannot hide anything from. God knows your innermost being. He knows what you are going through in life. We can be good to put on a face that says everything is fine when deep inside it's really not. And God knows what you have been experiencing, what are you experiencing maybe right now. You know, and, and as Susan and I, we were praying this morning, time of prayer before we came, we're praying that, Lord, let this message be up for at least one to hear what you want to speak to them. We're praying for more, but there's at least one that has been experiencing things in their life. It has seemed overwhelming. It's been burdensome. It's just been so taxing on me that Sue and I were praying today that they will not leave his house today. They all have been set free of that burden, and they had their life will be filled with his peace. So why is it important? Like I said, it's to calm our troubled hearts and it's also because of our anxieties and, and burdens and, you know, the things that we can carry on in life. And, but then Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7 tells us this. Be anxious for nothing. Well, wait a minute. How can we do that? It says, be anxious for nothing. doesn't matter what the situation. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. See, the, the hard part for us sometimes is what that one part of Scripture says. Okay? Be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Hey, okay, if we really want to be honest, sometimes it's hard to be thankful when we're going through things in life, Right? can be very um, hard to be thankful. But look at your life today, who you are now. You know, we can all reflect back who we once were before we surrendered our life to Jesus. And we look at the life that we have now and what God has been doing in you and through you and will continue to do in you. So sometimes it can be hard to give thanks, but that's what God is wanting you to do. It says, be anxious for nothing. It doesn't matter what it is. Okay, have a heart of thanksgiving. Come to him in prayer. Let your requests be made known to him. 
Okay, quit trying to figure things out. Try to work things out on your own. I mean, how's that going for you? Seriously, okay? But when you turn it over to Jesus, Lord, I'm struggling in this area. It's too hard for me, but I love you. I praise you. I'm thankful that you are my Savior. You are my Lord and my life. I'm thankful that I can have to turn to you when life becomes difficult. That's what God is wanting to do. And it says, here's the promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It means we won't be thinking about those things. We're not going to let our heart rule, but we're going to let the heart of God and his peace rule in us. It also gives us assurance, okay? It strengthens us uh, against fear. And, you know, when I... An example, when I think of Jesus enduring peace, you know, we, we look at the story when Jesus was on the boat with the disciples, okay? They're out on the lake. What happened? Jesus was asleep. What happened? A great storm came up. Waves are coming up over the boat. The disciples, they're freaking out. Jesus, Jesus. But what was Jesus doing? He was sleeping. He was at peace. And he got up and he rebuked the disciples and he stilled the storms. And that's what Jesus wants to do for you. No matter what the storm is, okay, let Jesus calm the storm in your life. Have the faith. And some scriptures. When I teach, I like to give a lot of scriptures. Um, when soon I are not in Africa, um, I'm a professor up at Seattle Bible College, so I teach at Seattle Bible College. So I love the Word of God. I love to teach the Word of God. Now let's look, look at some scriptures. So his peace, it gives us assurance and strength. Psalms 29, 11 says, The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Okay? So receiving peace is a blessing. Okay? God wants to bless you. He wants to strengthen you, bless you with his peace. And as Isaiah 41, verse 10 and then and 13 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Don't be afraid. Verse 13, for I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you, okay? Jesus will help you no matter the situation. And, and I, I put this scripture on here because this scripture has always been an um, instrumental part of my life because uh, before Sue and I said yes to, to ministry in 2003, before that, some of you knew, um, I was in law enforcement for 18 years. I was a deputy sheriff in Oregon. And um, the one thing that I had in my patrol car up on my visor, I had a three-by-five card that I read every day before I started my shift. And that was Isaiah 41, 10 through 13. And that is what helped remind me of the person that fights for me. Don't have fear, because as a police officer, you're going to go into some pretty rough situations, but you can't have fear. If, if you have fear, you could lose control of the situation. But I stood upon the promises of what God says. Fear not. I will strengthen you. 
And that's what we need to understand. Fear not. No matter what the situation, God fights for you. He fights for his children. And as I mentioned, you know, earlier, um, you know, Satan came and to attack Jesus in the wilderness. And that, and that same enemy then wants to attack the body of Christ. You know, when, when we surrender our lives to Christ, when we say yes to Jesus, guess what? Now you have an adversary, an enemy, okay, that wants to do a couple things in your life. He wants to destroy that relationship that you have now with Christ. He wants to bring things into your life that will take your eyes off the most important thing, our eyes on Jesus, where they should be. But he will come against you, and then you're going to be looking at the situation instead of keeping your eyes on Christ. Okay, yes, there is a situation that you're dealing with, but how you deal with it is keeping your eyes straight ahead at Jesus Christ and allow his peace to sustain you for that situation. Remember the enemy in John 10, 10, he's a thief, okay? He wants to steal, he wants to kill, he wants to destroy. He wants to take away your joy. He wants to take away, if he can, to hamper your relationship with Christ. He's a thief. But I love that the word, what Jesus says, even though this is who Satan is, I have come. Me, Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So as we see that, um, as we have this enemy, there are a couple of things that we need to do to understand. First of all, understand, this is getting off the message a little bit, but understand your identity, okay? You are sons and daughters of God. Okay, that is who you are. Okay, I'm Chris. That's my birth name, but I am a son of God. I'm one of God's sons, okay? My wife's name is Susan, but Susan is a daughter of the Lord. We are all sons and daughters. Understand and know your identity, but with the identity comes authority, okay? You have all authority, not just some. You have all authority over the enemy, but the enemy will lie to you. He will try to steal and take away things of your life that God has given you. But stand firm. Your identity, your authority, when the storms come, go to Jesus. Okay, he fights for you. But now how do we sustain? How do we keep this peace? Like I said, it can be tough. To have a heart of thanksgiving when things are going tough. But how can we sustain this peace? First, there has to be surrender. Okay? Um, and I'm, I'm talking to the men here today in Calvary Chapel. Because as men, sometimes we, we try to fix things in our own strength. We, we try to fix things on our own way. Hey, let me deal with this. Let me, I'm, I'm head of the household. Let me try to do this. Okay? But that doesn't always work. Okay, you're just still going to have a lot of times the same situations that you're trying to fix. Okay, but when we surrender to the will of God and let the peace of Jesus, the peace of God come in and rule in our life, okay, then we can overcome. So there has to be a surrender of our situation, surrender to our hearts and, and our troubles and what we're going through, surrender those things. Because Colossians 3.15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were also called in one body 
and be thankful. And in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. How do we let the peace of God rule in our hearts? Can we see it? God's referring to it, but how can we let the peace of God rule in our hearts? I like to look at it as a judge, okay? What are some of the responsibilities of a judge? They have to make decisions, right? They hear all the facts, and then they have to render a decision. So by allowing this to rule in our hearts, we're actually allowing God's peace to be the judge for us, to decide all the doubts. What's going on right now? What are we unsettled in? Allow his peace to settle those things that we are experiencing. Thing. Um, allow his peace to help us make the hard decisions. Sometimes we don't know what to do, how to decide, but God will give you the decision. Let his peace give you the decisions that, that you need. And then the last thing, it overthrows. When we let the peace of God rule in our hearts, okay, it overrules, overthrows, it stops and deters everything the enemy wants to do in you when we let the peace of God rule in our heart. Second thing, there has to be trust. So surrender. Next one is trust. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, fixed on you, because he trusts in you. We'll read that again, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed or focused on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace, okay? Like I said, peace earlier that we talked about, it can fail. But God is saying here, God will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon him, because we trust in him. So our mind must be focused on Jesus and we must trust him. Sometimes we don't get the decisions or um, we overcome problems or difficulties quickly. Sometimes it can take a long time. But what God is wanting you to say is stay focused. Stay focused on, on him because if we do, if we trust in him, okay, he's going to bring us that perfect peace, the peace that will not fail us. And in Psalm 34, 8, it says, blessed is the man that trusts in him. Remember, like I said earlier, we can fail each other, but God will not fail you. He loves you. He created you. He has a plan for you. God cannot fail you. Okay. We can fail God by our actions if we turn away from him, but God cannot fail you because he loves you so much. He created you. So blessed is the man that trusts in him. In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. I just quickly gave you my testimony, like I said, as a police officer, I had up on my visor, this was a scripture that I only read, I declared, I declared over myself, God, I will not fear tonight because you will keep me safe. All the enemies out there before me will not harm me. And that is what God wants for us to have. And lastly, 
I know our time's getting close here, so um, as I'm looking at this message today, looking at through the Gospels and, and as Jesus is experiencing all these things and, you know, how was he able to have this peace? And, you know, it was actually his fellowship and his communion with his Father, okay? But it was also his faith and trust in the wisdom of God's purposes for his life and for you and I to have peace, okay? It comes through fellowship, comes with communion with our God. You see, God desires a relationship with us. So many times our relationship can be one-sided, but God truly desires a relationship with us. He wants to have fellowship, just not here on Sunday mornings. It's great coming together of the body of Christ to worship the Lord in song and in word. That's great. But what about tomorrow? What about when you go back to work? What about Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then come back next Sunday? Okay, what's it going to be like? Are we having fellowship and communion with God on a daily basis? That's what God desires for each and every one of us. And that's spending time with him in prayer, in word, just sitting before him, just listening to him. You know, some, sometimes when we're praying because of the busyness of life, and I'm guilty of this, we could just give him our laundry list of prayer needs and then leave, okay? But here's what truly was God is desiring for you and I. When we come before him with fellowship, you know what really what God desires? It's great that we bring his, our petitions before him because he wants us to cast our cares upon him, to bring our petitions before him. But what truly God desires is relationship. When we are praying with him, one of the hardest things for us to do is then just sit and listen. What does God want to say back to you? See, we can come before God, God, here's all my da da and then boom, I'm out the door to work. But I, I challenge you this week, take some time. If you have to get up a half hour earlier, whatever, your prayer time, I want you to really, truly work on this, okay? It'll really be beneficial for your spiritual life. As you're praying, communion with God, then just be still before him. Listen. You know, God wants to speak to us, but sometimes in our busyness, we don't hear from him. Yes, he can speak through us in his word, absolutely. He speaks to us through his word or through others. But for the most part, he just wants to speak to you. But we have to still ourselves before him. Take that time to just sit. You know, I always, I always think of Mary and Martha. Okay? Sometimes, hey, and... Sometimes I'm guilty of working too much and not taking enough time of just rest. But you know what? Uh, what did Jesus say about Mary? Okay. Where was Mary? At the feet of Jesus. That was the most important thing. And that's what God wants for us. Yeah, we all have responsibilities. Okay. We may be business owners. We may, we may work for businesses. Some of us may be retired, taking care of families or whatever. We can be very busy in life. But yet God wants for us is to have the attitude of Mary. Just sit at his feet and spend time with him and let him minister to you. Because I believe it was that daily fellowship that Jesus had, okay, with his father that helped him sustain him 
and everything that he went through. So as I conclude, because I know we have communion here in, in just, just a little bit. So as I conclude the message today, you know, we've, we've learned two things. First, we learned that to have peace, I mean, truly lasting peace, there has to be a starting point in our life, and that is having peace with God, having peace with God. Then from that, now we can receive the peace of God. And I'm just going to say that one more time. We can hide things from each other, okay? But the Lord knows what is going on in your life right now. I don't know the situation. Even your spouse, family, your friends, your coworkers may not know what you're dealing with right now. But there's one person that does. God knows what you're going through right now. And this is what I believe that he wants to say to us today as his church. Whatever you came in with, carrying today into his house, he does not want you to leave the same way. He wants you to lay those burdens down, leave them at the altar, okay? No longer do you have to carry those things. Let the peace of God come into your life, help strengthen you, but you have to trust him with those things. You know, Sue and I have this thing that we do when we have problems. We will actually have our hands like this, and we'll say, God, we're taking it out of our hands and putting it into your hands because we know in our strength we're not able to overcome, but with God, we are. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do communion. So Lord, we thank you for your message. We thank you, God, that is uh, your desire that any of us shall have to struggle with burdens in life. And God, as I already said, you know, God, what is going on in the hearts and the lives of your church, of your body right now. And if there is somebody right now in this fellowship, God, that has been dealing, whether it is a health crisis, financial, whatever, a family problem with their children, whatever the situation, God, I pray for that person right now. God, they'll be able to say, yes, I lay these things down. And now, Jesus, I want to receive the peace that you have for me. No longer do I want to carry these things Help me to get rid of these things today, God. Take it out of my hands and put it into your hands, Jesus. Fill me with your peace. Not only let the peace in me, but let it rule in my life and my heart. Do not let me walk away the same as what I came into your presence today. God, I pray for those that are struggling right now. And I'm not talking just about those that are in this house. Because those that are watching live stream, and I'm praying for those that are home watching. It's just not here in this house, but also where you are watching this message today. I pray that you would be able to lay those things down before the Lord. Let his peace come and fill your life today. In Jesus' name, amen.